Father, we bow before the Lamb upon the throne. And we worship you for your kindness and your loving kindness towards us. We thank you that this month we will find rest on every side. As I declare your words of God, let it manifest in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a prophetic mandate for this month. And that is rest on every side. This month, the struggles will be over. Only a few people heard the prophecy. Say this month, the struggles will be over. And you will find rest on every side. I want to begin this series on rest with a very important message today, finding rest in Christ. Because for the Christian and for the believer, your rest cannot be outside of Christ. Your rest will always be in Christ. Peace, joy, happiness, whatever you are looking for, can only be found in Christ. I preached here years ago and I told you that you can be in church without being in Christ. And this morning I want to lay a foundation. The most important of all the rest you must find, I want to use it to begin this series. The rest that you must find as the most important of all the rest that you are looking for if you don't find this rest you can never find rest in anything that you do and i want to share this with you so turn with me to matthew 11 the verse 28 to the verse 30 finding rest in Christ come to me reading from the NIV all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I'll be preaching from this scripture the whole of the month. This morning is not time for me to do the etymology of the words here. It's for me to present to you the most important rest that you must find and when you find this rest it will have effect on your marital rest on your professional rest on your health rest and every area of your life the most important rest you see jesus was one of the most prolific speakers 
He spoke with such clarity, with such simplicity, and yet very profound truth came from the things he shared. Jesus would go to bread sellers and will pick truth, will pick lessons from the selling of bread and will preach from it he will look at them and said i am the bread of life probably if you saw some ashantis would have said i am the fufu of life would guns would have said i am the kenke of life i am the komi of life the komi of life it reminds me of a young man that we used to pastor at teshi I was sharing the lost prayer with him when I got to where the Bible said, like, Give us this day our daily bread. Because of where me and you small blood we are so come, come. Like I don't, I don't like bread. I want kinky, kinky. Okay. Now, if Jesus had been talking to Ewes, probably would have said, I am the abobitaji of life. Adbilikaklo of life. Are you here with me? He was talking to Igbos. Probably he would have, or to Nigerians, would have said, I am the Eba of life. Now, he went to fishermen and he said to them, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who casts his net into the sea. He was said so profound. In his understanding and preaching, the way to communicate, he was son, he was oratorically excellent person. He went to farmers and said, "The kingdom of heaven is like a man who casts, who scattered his seed. Some fell on good soil, some fell on bad soil. Everybody understood. I believe that he made a very complex truth very simple." Because success is making complex things simple. Now in this scripture, if you saw the development of, of his thought, he began by saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. And he would go to a place where people have gathered and everybody was focused on something. And then he would, with a loud voice, he would have said to them, come to me come to me and everybody would turn who is this who is this guy who speaks with so much authority come to me and then he will say to them all who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest and i will give you rest then look at how he develops his thought look at how he goes on to show us the people he was talking to Look how he goes on to show us. Now, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Immediately he started talking about yoke. You knew that he was in a farm where farm hands were working, where slaves were working. So Jesus has gone to this farm where people were carrying things, slaves were working and they were so carrying loads 
Then he stands there. So next week, I'll, I'll talk to you about the yoke and how you should be yoked with Christ. Okay? But, but today, let me say, now, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls now he advances the case and says i am not talking about rest for your body but rest for your souls he said the way his thought was running so he started from a very general position come to me and i will give you rest but hold on hold on hold on if you are yoked here if you are burdened here if you are carrying something beyond your weight and you are dying I want to tell you I want to give you rest but your problem is not the tiredness of your body it is the weariness of your soul it is the weariness of your soul you know how sometimes you can look at your husband and say I am tired of this marriage it is not tiredness you are referring to you are referring to weariness because the woman who walks from Makola to Spinter's Road will have loaded her load and say I am tired it is not the same tiredness you can look at your wife and say I am tired of this attitude you are weary it is the weariness of the soul that is your major problem and i want to show you something your soul can be rested now immediately jesus started focusing on giving rest to your soul he has changed the argument from the people who are carrying loads i wish i was strong enough to just carry you for an example you know people were carrying and jesus said hello you want to climb <laughs> Jesus saw the women carrying loads, the men carrying loads, and they were carrying their loads for peanuts. Some of them for nothing, for just food. Then he stood there and said, Listen, I know you are tired. I know your body is giving up. I know you cannot walk, but that is not what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on something that is more serious. I'm talking about the weariness of your soul. I want to give rest to your soul. You see, when your soul is restless, you fight everything around you. You fight your boss, you fight your wife, you fight. You see, there is some anger that has not come as a result of someone offending you. It comes from your soul. You are angry, not because anybody made you ang angry, but because there is the weariness of the soul there is restlessness in you there is restlessness in you have you ever slept on bed that you couldn't fall asleep and you were turning here and there and ten and you are lying on bed but you are tired you are lying on bed but you are tired that's the nature of the weariness of soul. But when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, he was not referring to physical bread. So he said, if you eat of me, you will never be hungry. He wasn't referring to physical bread. Because if we eat physical bread, you'll be hungry again. 
But he said, the bread I'm talking about is so spiritual that if we eat that bread, you will never be hungry again. So Jesus said, if you are weary and burdened, he was not referring to physical burden. He was referring to something beyond the physical. Anything that can weary your soul is not physical, it is spiritual. And Jesus was talking about sin. Now, the first rest you need is the rest for your soul. And that is deliverance from any sin that so easily beset you. Deliverance from every sin that so easily besets you. I didn't know how I could communicate this message. So I decided to put my message in drama. Just for you to see how sin weighs on you. How sin weighs on you. Can I see the next slide and then I will just show you the drama and then I will conclude. Today I'm preaching the shortest sermon. Because the shortest distance in life is you going back to God and asking him to forgive you your sins. It is the shortest distance because once God sees that you have turned towards him, he doesn't let you walk anymore. He runs to you. God's first reaction to you when you sin is not judgment, but forgiveness. He stands there and says, come, come. I know you are going through this. Come to me and I will lift that burden of sin off you. Right now in this room. Right now in this room. God is just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you. Men are judging you, but he is not judging you. See, the shortest distance you can ever cover on any, at any time is the distance between you and God when you are running back to him to ask him to forgive you your sins. He runs back to you. The prodigal son, when the father saw him, the father ran back to him. God is running to you and God is saying, don't stay there in that sin. Come to me and I will give you rest. Don't struggle with that sin. Come to me and I will give you rest. Psalm 38 verse 4. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Guilt is a result of sin. And I know you are here. Your guilt is too heavy for you to bear. You feel so guilty sometimes. You feel so dirty. Sometimes it takes courage for you to come to church. Sometimes it takes the love that you have for Christ for you to come to church because you feel so dirty. You feel you should not be amongst us. You feel, you feel that you are too dirty to go to God. The prodigal son ate that way the pigs ate. But he didn't need to take his bath before coming to his father. He had to come the same way. It was his father that changed his clothes. You can't change your clothes before you come to church. Some of you are saying that, well, <laughs> I, um, 
I, I, have to, I, have to, I have to change before I go to church. This is a change place. Church is where you change. Let me show you how sin weighs on you. You see? Sin begins to weigh on your prayer life. Once you start sinning, you are not able to approach God again. Now, it takes very courageous men to cheat on their wives and still go back home smiling to the woman. Hello, darling. Hello. No, it takes very courageous men to do that. It takes men without conscience to do that. But men with conscience, who are good Christians, you can look at the face of your wife when you are cheated on her. That's the same thing that happens. You can't come before God. Sin first weighs on your prayer life and weighs you down. When you begin to pray, the devil tells you you were a fornicator. You just committed adultery. The devil begins to tell you all the things you were a gossiper, you were a liar. And then in the middle of your prayer, you are thinking about this and then you stop. Now you begin to work on yourself that when, when, when I stop doing committing this sin, then I can renew my prayer life. You need help. You need help. Because once sin starts weighing on your prayer life, note that everything is going to go down. Everything is going to go down. Now your praise life will be affected. Very soon, you come to church late and you want to sit at the back. No, no, no. I have seen people who were sitting in front, started sitting in the middle, started sitting at the back, and then started sitting at the entrance of the church. And I said, we are finished, you are gone. At this stage, it's difficult for us to do anything except Christ. So I'm telling you, if you, have started sitting, if you used to sit in front, and you have started sitting at the back, and you have started giving excuses. You have started coming to church late. Watch it. There is a spirit of heaviness that is coming to you as a result of a sin that so easily besets you. Once sin starts weighing on your prayer life, it weighs on every other thing. It begins to weigh on your relationship with good people. You can stand it. That's why you begin to say, my best friends are not even Christians. They belong to other religions. And yet, they are even better than the Christians. No, no, they are not better than the Christians. Just that they offer you a better environment to sin. You are not comfortable with that sister who continues to talk about purity when you meet. Because it makes you feel guilty. You are not comfortable with that brother who is serving the Lord. It makes you feel guilty. Anything that makes you feel guilty, you hate that thing. Do you know why people don't really love pastors? Because the messages we preach offends them. And they can't stand us. They can't stand the face of us. That is why when a pastor falls, people really rejoice. Oh, he's just like us. He made us feel so guilty. Apparently, he was committing the same sin. Listen, bad things happen to good people. So don't compare yourself to a good man that something bad has happened. You are bad, badder 
and badness. Oh, not knowing they come to church as if they are good couples. Apparently, they have been fighting. Don't compare that your marriage that is almost torn apart with somebody who has just had an issue in the marriage and try to console yourself. If somebody's falling, is your vindication, then you are the baddest. Are you here? If we hear about a pastor's sin, and it justifies your sin, check and see, you are not even born again yet. Oh, all the pastors are doing it. All the pastors are doing it. And if I do it, and so what? Even those who say that God has called them, they are doing it. Who died for you? Jesus did. No pastor died for you. No pastor died for you. <laughs> your pastor is not your standard. Jesus is. Jesus is the standard. Your pastor is not. Look at what I'm, I go back to the introductory scripture. I'm going to take my time. We are going to spend the whole month on these verses of scripture. Just here. Now, look, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you. Take my yoke upon, upon you and learn from me. And learn from me. Now, I will explain. I will talk about the yoke of Jesus. And I will show you how the yoke of Jesus is light. That to, to suffer for Christ is lighter than to be in the world. I will show you. But he said, learn from me. I was a young Christian when I understood this scripture. I never learned from anybody in church, Jesus. I only followed you and learned from you if I see that you are learning from Jesus. So nobody has been able to discourage me from serving the Lord. My principle is this. Don't let the bad person suck you from a good church. And don't let a bad person distract you from following Jesus. Have you heard? If, if you get excited that somebody has equalized your sin, you have found, you have found, you have found somebody who sins like you. Who sins like you, so you are now fine. So it's no longer a sin. Because we are all doing it. If it were sin, that would they have been doing it? In fact, I was with a pastor. We're in Bible school together in Europe. And he saw some people in Bible school and what they were doing. He came to me and said, Like we have tied ourselves too much with the Christian life. I said, Why? He said, ah, these people are supposed to be pastors in Bible school. Look at what they are doing. I went here, they were drinking. I passed here. I saw one kissing another girl. I passed here. I saw one doing this. I think that we, we have tied ourselves so much with a Christian life. Look at us. Our wives are not here. We cannot even talk to. We cannot even talk to the girls. Then look at them. They are chilling with the girls. And look at us. I say, my brother, these people did not die for me. And they did not make the rules that govern our Christian life. So I'm not going to follow. They are not the example for me to follow. 
You know, he eventually divorced his wife and married one of those white girls. You know what has happened to him? The last time, so we left. I came back to Ghana. He got vanished. And then one day he came to Ghana. Then I used to be on TV3. Then he saw me on TV3. Because when he came to Ghana, because he knew me as Gideon or Pastor Gideon. But when he came to Ghana, so he has come to Ghana, he wanted to start a church. People say, Well, Charlie, see that man. Did you affair? Charlie, that man is close to the archbishop, and this and this will see him, he will connect with the fathers, and all those things. He didn't know which did your affair is that. Then one day a friend called me and said, Hey, come, come. The guy's on TV. That's what I'm talking about. Then he looked at me, saw me on TV, and said, Oh, this guy, quote it, quote it, I know him. So they called the line and then left his name. I called him back. He came to my house. Guess what? He was on his fourth marriage. Yeah. He was on his fourth marriage. His ministry, gone. Life, gone. Everything, gone. Sin has a weight. When you entertain it, it will weigh you down. It will destroy you. It will mess up your life. It will reduce you to a piece of bread. He will reduce you to a piece of bread. The Christian life is the life of purity. But it's not the purity you can make happen. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. Rest from the ravages of sin. Let me tell you something. Eh? Sin. Oh, sin is not a fault. Sin is a fatal accident. Your car can get fault. You get up in the morning to start your car, it's not coming. Mechanics will come and so the terminal is off and we have to go and face something. That is a fault. But that is not sin. Sin is when your saloon car runs into a parked articulator. And you get under it and it takes your head off and spreads your chest open and your intestine falls somewhere and your liver is lying somewhere and your bow your leg is crying abba and the other hand is crying father that is sin so sin is not a fault sin is a fatal accident are you here it's a fatal accident. It can destroy your life. It can mess up your life. It will. That's what Jesus said. Come to me. Today he's offering you that opportunity to overcome that. And then you can find rest for your souls. Then from next week, I can show you the other. Because this is the foundation of all rest. If you can't find rest for your soul. If you, listen, marry the, the richest man on earth and your soul is restless. You will fight. You will fight. Marry the most humble, the well-behaved person on earth. The well-cultured person on earth. As far as your soul is restless, the marriage will be restless. Find the best job in the world. If your soul is restless, you will still, you will still not enjoy it. What makes you enjoy life is the joy of the Lord. Not money. Not money, 
It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. You want to find rest on every side. Make sure your soul has found rest in Christ. And it's not a difficult thing to do. It is for you to say, Lord, today I'm making a covenant with you. When I leave here and I go, I'm leaving this sin under the cross. I am walking. Help me to overcome this. Listen, sin is not a weakness. Sin is not a weakness. Don't say this is my weakness. It will wreak havoc in your life. If I like sleeping, that may be a weakness. If I like talking, and the talking disadvantages me, that may be a weakness. But liking women and sleeping with women I'm not married to, that is not weakness. Cheating on my wife is no weakness. It's a sin. Beating my wife is no weakness. Oh, you know, that is my weakness, oh, my heart. I easily get angry. I easily get angry. If you think it's not a sin, keep beating your wife till Jesus appears. Before, before he takes all of us, he will come to your house and beat you. Beat you properly before he pushes you to hell. Sin is not a revenge against a human being. It is a rebellion against God. Some people justify their sin. Eh, my, my husband cheated on me, so I cheated on him. <laughs> it is, sin is not a revenge against human beings. It is a rebellion against God. It's a rebellion against God. It is a rebellion against God. Sin is not a mistake. Oh. It is that thing that can make you miserable. So I used to be in a church and a choir leader. The guy people respect in the church went to commit adultery. And my senior colleague suspended him. He started comparing his service that he does in the church to sin. That with everything I've done in this church, this small sin, this small, they say, this small thing, this small thing I did, I've been suspended. When I used to be here, I used to do this, I used to do this, I used to do this. Listen, forgiveness of sin is not a reward for something you did right. And surprisingly, he got a lot of the leaders in the church to come to my senior colleague to tell him that this small thing he did. Because he confessed that he slept with a girl by once. I did it only once, though. Do you know that somebody who has been committing fornication or adultery for the last 30 years? If you commit one, one day, one one day and jesus appears all of you will go to the same place called hell there is no different oh small there's no small sin anywhere so you cannot say this small thing this small thing and the guy his cv in the church was very impressive when when, when you go to the meeting and he starts outlining all the things he has done in church and why he doesn't deserve suspension and then says that so when he aligns all those things eh, 
and puts them together and compares it to the same. He feels he has done well. He should not be punished for that. But there is no equalization for sin. I've been paying my tithe. In fact, it is my tithe that I've been running the church and I just committed a small mistake. The pastor stood in the church and announced it. But I understand, I understand you because some people feel that when they sin, they can bribe God. They think that when I pay my tithe, God should be fine. Why is the church quiet like that? They feel that when I pay my tithe, God should be alright. When I buy robes for the choir, God should be fine. When, when I buy a car for the pastor, it should cover for my sin. Any good thing you do outside Christ is filthy rags. It's filthy rags. That's why I love this God, eh? For some people, they are gods, eh? If we take goats, even goat would would one eye off. <laughs> they will take it and tell you that go go go, you are fine. But now those goats they become expensive. I just read on the news that they they were going to open some toilet near a river, and the river gods are angry. That why did they build a toilet near a river, and that they need four human beings for sacrifice before they can use? Oh yeah yeah yeah. They have become expensive. That's why I'm even surprised that tight is still 10%. Inflation. Inflation. And tight is still 10%. And even that one, you don't pay. That's why most of you have been going to IMFO. All of you are aware that Baumia is coming to speak at Accra Business School on Thursday. You are all invited. 2 p.m. on Thursday. No, no, listen, listen, these things I'm teaching you is very important and you must take them seriously. Now, you see, before I leave you in prayer, I want to show you something. Why is the unbeliever? Why is the brother who has fallen? Why is he? Okay, okay. Now, I, need to, I need to look at this. Eh? Just look at this. I want to show you how you can get out of anything that so easily besets you. And I want you to know that God is not judging you. God God is calling you into repentance. You see, this is how, anytime you sin, this is how you appear before God. And it becomes a law. And sometimes, actually, you get people who help you to sing. <laughs> Brother, stealing is nothing. Stealing, God even knows you don't have. God even knows you don't have. Steal that money. And they are cheating you. Steal it. You. <laughs> and then Satan is laughing. <laughs> look, at, look at that nice brother. And look at what I'm doing to him. Then he's taking so. Show me in the Bible where the Bible says that we should not drink alcohol. Even church leaders are drinking. How can we not drink it? Show me in the Bible where the Bible says that we should not drink alcohol. Even unbelievers advise. Do you, do you know that if you go for an interview in the company and you smell alcohol, they won't take you? 
and you want the kingdom of God to take you smelling alcohol. What about them? Go and booze. <laughs> and then Satan is rejoicing. Satan is happy. Then you are making the argument. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible. When it comes to alcohol, you become a theologian. If you are a theologian for evangelism, if you are a theologian for tithe, if you are a theologian for serving God, but you are taking your time to study the Bible to find out that there is no <laughs> direct command against alcohol, and you are making arguments with it. <laughs> show me where it's written in the Bible that we should not smoke cigarettes. Show me, show me. Even the unbelieving world has written on the back cigarette smoking is harmful to your body. And your body is the temple of the living God. <laughs> when mommy and I married, if I want to do my things, you say, please take your time. When my body is the temple of the living God. I say, listen, when we enter here, suspend that scripture. <laughs> but you see, you can say that. Ah, my, my friend, then you're a Christian, no? you're walking around. The smoke is coming from your nose. It's coming from your mouth. You are already in hell. <laughs> you're already in hell. One time, I was preaching against smoking of marijuana. And then one guy was telling his friends that, this thing, eh? me, I'll be smoking. I know they get mad, though. I mean, I know they get mad. I know, I know they get mad. Said in church that <laughs> you, you are already mad, that's why you smoke it. Do you think mad people know they are mad? They don't know they are mad. There is no mad person who knows he is mad. <laughs> Let's talk about people's shoes. Let's talk about people's marriages. Let's gossip. Do you know that you, ravaging effect of gossip? It can separate families, kill people. If you can talk, talk about Jesus. Talk about, preach the gospel, not gossip. I have made money in my life talking. And you have created problems, destroyed people talking. Every gossiper is a potential public speaker. Oh yes, convert your words into wealth. And you'll be, I, I make money talking. Make all, I've made all my money just talking. <laughs> Brother, you are here. You, <laughs> you have been sniffing things. But Jesus said, come to me. Come to me right now. Come to me. Come. He will deliver you. He will deliver you. One of the brothers in this church is no longer here. He shared his testimony several times. I preached the sermon. He went back home, took all his cocaine and flashed it. That was the end of his life. That was the end of the drug life. Jesus can do the same for you. He didn't go to rehab. Nothing. Deliverance. I, I was praying with him at Ashmata Forest. I saw a dirty car being washed. I prayed with him on Friday. Sunday he came to church, heard the message, went back home, took all the cocaine and drugs in the house and flashed them. 
when he was flashing them in the toilet, God was flashing it out of his system. He can save you today. <laughs> God knows that I can't control myself. God knows that I, God who cannot control hell. He has already spoken. He has left hell and is waiting for you. You, the things you cannot control, God can also control. <laughs> A man of God, you don't know eh? You don't know eh? You don't know eh? If I stop sleeping with that man, he will stop taking care of me. When did God? When did God tell you he cannot take care of you? When did God tell you this? When did God tell you this? Man of God, what about if I sleep with myself? What about if I sleep with myself? What about if I sleep with myself? Man of God, is it that one also a sin? Your body does not belong to you. The person who created the body has told you, marry and have sex. And that is holy before the Lord. He didn't tell you to sleep with yourself. He didn't tell you to sleep with yourself. Whoever is advising you to do that, you are destroying yourself. And anytime you are masturbating, there are demons around. There are demons around enforcing it. I used to, before they drove this bus, they are still there. We're driving beautiful young ladies in their teens, wearing shorts in mosquitoes, waiting for men to pick them to go and sleep with them, then they charge one. Sister, if we're here like that, Jesus still loves you. He wants to save you. You remember the woman the Bible called the, 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 the woman, the, a sinful woman. Jesus is here. He wants to save you today. Come to him today. Come to him. Unforgiveness. I will never forgive him. I will never forgive him. Anybody you are bearing grudge against has control over you. Let it go. I saw I saw a comedy on social media. The person said, we went to church and the pastor, pastor said that all men who are not cheated on their, any man who has not cheated on his wife, do their closing prayer. And we are still in church. <laughs> we have not been able to offer the closing prayer because all the men there, <laughs> should I make that altar call now? Should I make that altar call now? The women say, yeah, the men are laughing. <laughs> they are smiling, they are smiling. Wait, your friend will your mind. It destroys. It destroys. It destroys. And let me tell you this. It's an insult to your wife to let even another woman feel that you love her. 
is an insult to your wife to be chasing and when, when you are married it's even an insult to your wife so me i listen every man in this church who is very popular on social media but cannot celebrate his wife on social media you are a suspect remove yourself from your dp put your wife there let the whole world advertise your wife if you are courageous if you advertise your wife you know the slave queens will slay you i know a side chick who saw that he sugar that his wife was pregnant he told him that you have cheated on me <laughs> so i'm leaving you and the man foolishly i beg you it won't happen again this is the last one it won't happen again i told you to give me a baby you say you're not ready i'm also not growing young so i just did one last one when thief 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 god they laugh if we're a woman a man is showing interest to you and you are married tell the man you see it's disrespectful for a man to show interest in you when you are married woman not because you are beautiful but because the man disrespects you for the man to even think that i can have my way with you what did you show the man what did you show the man for a man to be able to flirt with you and continue to flirt with you until he openly opens his mouth to tell you that i love you and you have not been able to stop the flirt from the beginning you should protect the integrity and the respect of your husband by saying that you were a very stupid man to think that i will leave that handsome man to follow you this ugly man even though you know he's not than your husband but you still have to say that because it's in defense of your husband Some of us, our fault, our, our, uh, our, uh, the sin that so easily beset us is one of these. Some two of these. Some all. Some I even said, thank God that he didn't bring mine. He didn't bring all. He didn't bring all. He has left some of my sins. Please, Jesus knows. He said, come to me. Come to me. It's the reason for the cross. Today, come to the cross. And lay your sin at his feet. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. He carried all these things to the cross. He carried all these things. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. And he will wash you. And make you as white as snow. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. And he will make you as white as snow. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. This is what he wants to make you today. This is what the Lord Jesus wants to make you today. Rise on your feet and lift up your two hands. Wherever you are, begin to talk to him. Begin to speak. Raise your two hands and talk to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to forgive you.
Talk to him. Ask him to forgive you right now. He's here. Make a covenant of holiness with him. A covenant of purity with him. Make a covenant with him. Make a covenant with him right now. Lift up your two hands, close your eyes. He will forgive you, you. He will give you rest for your soul. If you confess your sins today, he will give you rest for your soul. to pray for two groups of people and please today is the greatest opportunity you can ever find if you get the opportunity to make amends of sin make it don't postpone it don't look at anybody you are here you don't have jesus as your lord and personal savior and you want jesus to forgive you your sins you want to ask jesus to come into your heart and forgive you your sins raise your two hands you want jesus to come into your heart and forgive you your sins raise your two hands let me pray for you you want jesus to come into your heart and forgive you your sins raise your two hands if your hands are up can you come forward let me pray for you pastor associate all pastors make sure everybody is if your hands are up come forward let me pray for you god bless you god bless you god bless you come forward let me pray for you right now And you will give rest to your soul. Give your life to Jesus. 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 English, we pray in English and we pray in Chi as well. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. Say, Yesu, me jidi, say, me born in Tinawuye. Say, Lord, I believe that you resurrected for my salvation. 
Kase, ora Yesu mi jidi se, minkwa jinti, ena osorifi ufumu. Now say this with me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sins. Come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. From today, I want to live for you. In your name, I have prayed. Kase ora Yesu, for me boni chemi, mi bie makume mu mau, betna makume mu, na fitinia kono, maminya usumfu. Na ya mikra aje mkwa. Eni mura. Wa ujimu na mabo mpaye. Amen. Now I want to pray for you. Father, we secure these people in the blood of the Lamb. And we seal their salvation. We seal their salvation. With the Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. Pasho he mungi na ahu. Ya bo mpaye ni ya pompa. When we finish the service, come back again. I want to give you books. Okay? So go back to your seat. I'll call you again. Now, close your eyes, everyone. You are a believer, but you feel the Lord, I need rest for my soul. I need you to help me to reconnect to you and to serve you. And this is a very serious prayer. You don't have the reputation of being alive and you are dead. Come forward here right now. Let me pray with you. You want to reconnect to him. You want to reconnect to him. You want to connect yourself to him. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You want to reconnect to him. You want to dedicate your life to him. You want to make sure that you are reconnected. You want to make sure. Don't let anything, any sin, anything weigh you down. Don't have a reputation of being alive and yet you are dead. Don't have a reputation of being alive and yet you are dead. again forgive me my sins cleanse me with your blood wash me with your blood make me anew again bring revival in my life reconnect me to you let me be established in you and let nothing approach me give me the grace to love you and to serve you Lord Jesus I want to live for you. I want to dedicate my life to you. And I want to serve you, Lord. Father, help me. 
Father, help me. Father, help me. In your name, I have prayed. In Jesus' name, amen.